Ayo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tenant Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the police from Gordon. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show, coming at you not quite live from the K Compound down in Boca Raton, Florida. I'm warming up here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's late. This is a late one, so I'm going to try to be a little quiet with this one. Hopefully, the uh, yeah, the energy's here. It's just I can't really scream. I don't want to. I don't know. I think it's weird. We She had these, um, the, the condo next to us wasn't occupied for a very long time. And now there seems to be some neighbors there. So a little paranoid about that. The setup I have is right next to the wall. I guess the shared wall. So I'll be a little quiet. E- either way, what are we going to do? Let's 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 get it right into it. So there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of hostility, it seems, in this uh, cruise community. And uh, you might consider it to be sort of microcosmic to what's going on in general in society. I don't know, man. I don't know if there's a way back from this. You know, we don't get into politics on this show and i know there's a lot of new listeners again so just take ride with me for a little while on this uh we we go off topic a little bit we're going to be into the crew stuff in a minute but and we kind of are into the crew stuff now because you know there's just hostility just in general people uh there's certain topics that are provocative uh, pro- uh provocative and certain topics that get people wound up you know whether it's straws, <laughs> imagine that straws are things that people kind of fire people up, and I do get it. I do get why because you know we do have um, you know just a polarized country right now, and it's just I am not going to sit here and act like you know one side is right, one side is wrong. It's like almost like legitimately for the first time you're in a spot where you can't win. If you if you're on one side, you know what I mean. The other side is gonna hate you. If you're in the middle, both sides are gonna hate you. So it's like you, you feel like you're trying to, especially with these Facebook groups. And let's talk about a couple of things here. So Tony and uh, Jenny from Lalita Loca, Lalita Lalito Loca, Lalita Loca, Lalita Loca. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they shut down their Facebook page, which is pretty unprecedented. That's a that's that's a aggressive move, and I do get where the where, where the where the thought process behind it comes from. Now, I'm not shutting down anything. Uh, you know, it, it, before that happens, I don't know what's going to have to happen for to shut down a group. But I get it. Their group is very very large, and you you don't want to be in a position where you're a babysitter because then you could always say like because i know i know the whole thought process too because you're like all right somebody's running their mouth and saying something stupid all right well freedom of speech but now this person's pissed off about that so now they're gonna chime in all right well then let them go let them have it have at it well you don't want them to have at it because then your channel becomes just a fight fest about between people okay well then uh shut them down 
you know, delete the comment, delete them, kick them out. Okay, well, then now you seem like you have an agenda. Now you're like uh, choosing sides and you're censoring people. So that's where a little bit of the issue comes from. And we had a issue in our group, too. It's just behind this, the straws are behind everything. And, uh, you know, there's people come, people go. And uh, it's sad. I don't like it. I don't like to see that type of thing happen and I don't want to lose members of the group that's definitely not what I want but I do feel like you know you got a lot of situations where people do have strong opinions and they know they have strong opinions and they know they kind of stir the pot a little bit and you know those people who stir the pot you know I I guess I've been that person here and there I can't say I haven't you know but you can't be a a a, a stirrer of the pot you can't be out here cooking stew and then all of a sudden another chef comes by and wants to use the stove and you're gonna get offended you know what i'm saying there's gonna be a little bit of uh uh, of back and forth people are going to challenge you on things you know what i mean if you don't feel like being challenged and just want to leave the group i get it but uh you know it's just a situation where uh in, in in our group you know People fight about the straws. People fight about the drink package. People fight about me not putting episodes out on time and things like that. By the way, very, very excited about this week's episode. We got a we got uh, uh, a, a great interview, in my opinion, with Matt, formerly of the Cruise Geeks, currently with Fantastic Cruising. And uh, Matt sounds good, man. Matt sounds like he's ready to take on the world and he's uh going to have a second go with this podcasting thing. It's going to be a little bit of a different angle, it sounds like, with the cruise creatures. And uh, hopefully, you know, it, it works out for him. And I see no reason why it's not going to. You know, you talk to him. I, I had known him for a while. We had had back and forth online, typing to each other, uh, you know, messages or whatever, emails, this and that. But I had never spoken to him. And you're basically hearing, you know, and I wanted it to be like that. So the minute he called in, I was like, I'm just going to fire this thing up. You know what I mean? So you're hearing basically the first time me and him had ever uh, used words uh, with each other. We The first time we've ever spoken. So I think that's going to be cool. It's just, just to kind of wrap up that whole other thing. I, I just, you know, I'm going to do the best I can in our group to kind of keep it towards just friendly cruise topics. Then that's where you get into the problems there with the cruise topics because people like to cruise in different ways. People you know, get mad when certain questions are asked, when people suggest do this next time you do that. Well, why the hell would you ever tell somebody to do that? I don't understand why you would bring this on a cruise or do that on a cruise. Listen, if I want to bring a DVD player and a treadmill on my cruise, I'm going to bring it. And if you don't like it, shove it up your ass. I heard somebody say sometime that you couldn't, you know, you shouldn't watch sports on a cruise because that's ridiculous. You know, you have sports on land. Everything you have on cruise, you have on a cruise, you have on land. But sometimes you like to do it at sea. You know, people just get hot tempered. And the fact that there's a keyboard in front of you and not a human being, I guess that kind of makes for certain people to, I guess, take a little bit more liberties with those words that they're going to use and then things escalate. I'm going to hopefully try to keep a, a tent on this proverbial circus that we have here and always be both. I don't think we have this type of problem uh, on a level where we even have to look into, you know, banning people and shutting people down we have had a couple of instances uh you know but beyond that i don't i think the 
the people who want to just come in, into the group and talk about cruising and get each other excited about our upcoming cruise and share information and share pictures and stories about cruising, I think that far outweighs all the others. So we're just going to stick with that. All right, uh, that's pretty much it. We'll do a short intro for this time since, again, it's uh, very, very late in the evening and I don't want to wake up the world. And, uh, you know, we talked about it, you know, possibly tightening up the show a little bit anyway. So in the spirit of that, let's get into the cruise news. All right, before we do that quick, we got a YouTube channel. You guys know about you, the YouTube. It's always be booked. Uh, part of the reason I was up so late tonight, I was doing a video, doing a video on the Carnival Liberty, finished a ship tour on that. I got I, I to gotta be honest with you. They're coming, along, they're coming along these ship videos, these tours. I feel like I'm getting, you know, nothing next level, nothing over the top. I don't probably don't use literally more than 25% of the functionality of the program that I have. But at the same time, still, if you look at the video and look at how you look at the Conquest one, the Conquest one has like 40,000 views, 50,000 views, but it was garbage. It was a terribly made video. I got them kind of... Um, I guess, sleeked out a little bit more. Now, I've been not narrating them. You know what I mean? I've been just kind of putting music behind them in subtitles. You know, sometimes I feel like, you know, maybe people just don't want to have somebody yapping in their ear. They just want to watch the video. But I also do agree with certain people who say, well, Tommy, you are the, um, you know, the wordsmith. You're the, you're the microphone guy. You're the audio person. So maybe you should you know, narrate the video because that's kind of like what you what your strength is. As I just butchered that last little description, I'm the audio guy. What's the audio guy? Who knows? Anyway, so YouTube, we were marching hopefully towards a thousand subscribers. I think I'm at 730 right now. Still a good ways away. Uh, still not happy where we are with that. But uh, again, keep keep working hard, keep hustling, keep grinding, and hopefully we will get there. That, you know about the Facebook, I'll always be both Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. I probably don't have to mention that anymore because you do know about it. If you have listened to the show, you know that there's a Facebook group. It's the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. And we have the Instagram where we do the pictures, the memes, and this and that. All right. So a little... Uh, tragedy here uh, to start it off unfortunately this is a little bit of an older story and uh, we have some tragic news from Royal Caribbean's newest and largest ship the Symphony of the Seas now this news reached the bridge at about 3 a.m. Wednesday morning and this was August 14th so yeah it is uh, a little dated that a rescue boat was going to be deployed in an attempted rescue for somebody who had gone overboard and again I hate to say fallen overboard because it just and it just does, typically doesn't happen. Uh, the body was found, but it was unfortunately too late as the passenger was pronounced dead upon discovery. And then they immediately brought the, the body back to the ship. The ship was in the middle of a seven-day Eastern Caribbean sailing that was going from Fort Lauderdale, and uh, it was uh, headed to St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and then Coco Cay, and then uh, was scheduled to re return home this past Saturday morning. A statement from Royal Caribbean read as follows. We are deeply saddened by the tragic incident that occurred on the Symphony of the Seas en route to St. Thomas this morning. Our hearts go out to the family and loved ones for their loss, and their ca our care team is providing them with support assistance during this difficult time upon the initial report that the australian adult male had gone overboard our ship immediately turned launched a rescue boat and conducted a full-scale search we are working closely with authorities and will continue 
to assist in their investigation. So, again, there's still a lot of stuff up in the air. Obviously, it was probably, um, you know, again, we say it all the time. People just don't fall off these ships. It was either foul play. It was either, uh, you know, somebody's messing around due to alcohol or whatever. They're messing around the areas that they shouldn't be. Or it was, unfortunately, someone who just wanted to take their own life. And uh, Cruise Law News broke this story, and they obtained some video footage that was recorded by a passenger of the lifeboat being lowered into the water. The website article also claims to have the video of the lifeboat lifeboat carrying the deceased passenger. However, they, Cruise Law News, elected not to post that footage. The article also features a tweet from an alleged passenger that reads, Damn, some dude went overboard on the cruise ship I'm on. They just pulled his dead body out of the water. Holy F word. So that was a tweet from just a a random passenger, obviously not a professional journalist. They don't necessarily, you know, use the most delicate bedside manner when describing the incident, but they just put it out there. They were probably also shocked, this and that, whatever. Um, Here's the thing. As cruising becomes more popular amongst mainstream travelers, uh... An elevated level of scrutiny seems to likely come along with it. Cruise ships are often referred to as cities at sea. So it's only natural that if these cities, quote-unquote proverbial cities, are growing, so will the number of news stories that are associated with them, right? I would, I would venture to guess that just it's just... It's relative. One's relative to the other. Behind every man overboard incident is a story about either drugs, alcohol, violence, depression, or some 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 sort of stimuli that would cause erratic behavior. Uh, I'm sure there has been. I'm sure in the history of cruising, has no one fallen overboard? I would probably say somebody has, but it's got to be such a microscopic amount in relative to how many people do fall off and how many people cruise. Um, It should just be noted that most likely due to the simple fact that thousands of more people are cruising, I think we should just, you know, it just, you know, you you just, it's news. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to vilify anybody. But the truth is the truth. You see these 24-hour news channels are out there. They're looking for anything to sink their teeth into. And this is, uh, you're starting to hear more man overboards situations. And this is something that they could sink their teeth into, maybe do a story on, a feature on, and things like that, when the reality is there's just more people cruising. And again, going back to just not being Joe Depression, but look at society. You know what I mean? This is, look what we're talking about. These mass shooter problems, these issues with these mass shootings that are going on. We're not doing so good, guys. I mean, and I'll say this too. What you see on the news, they, uh, you know, publicize so much more than it is. If you, It wouldn't even move the meter when it compared to like, okay, so if we're going to talk about how much more crime is going on, because when you talk about the 80s and the 90s, the murder rate was so much higher than it is now in general. We just took a war on crime, this and that, whatever happened. But, you know, these domestic terrorism, and that's pretty much what it is. These stories are catching fire and they're salacious. They're salacious to report. And, you know, whatever agenda news companies might have, I don't know, whatever it is. But it's just a situation where people are seem to be a little bit more depressed. 
I heard of this town in New Jersey that they're all well-to-do. South Jersey, beachfront town. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful town, very close to the ocean. A lot of people with money there. And there is a rash of people just jumping in front of trains. And it's all late teens, early 20s, daughters of these well-to-do people. So something's screwed up, man. Something is screwed up and something's, uh, you know, the mental health of our country is not in the best place. And, you know, of all the good, I'm not going to be one of these people who are stupid Facebook or damn Instagram or whatever. I don't want to be the old guy, get off my lawn. But there's got to be some sort of a connection to that, don't you think? I don't know. I mean, somebody's got to... I don't know. I don't know the solution, but it's definitely it's definitely strange. All right. I guess this is starting off as a little bit more of a depressing episode last week. <laughs> so we got some a lot of good reactions to the last week's show, talking about the shows, show, shows, show. Uh, and we were having fun, you know. I thought it was fun. I, again, standing by it, didn't love the way they came at me, didn't like it. Uh, didn't didn't think they approached the whole situation properly, so yeah, we went off a little bit. We had some fun. I am not. Uh, <laughs> there's no gangsterisms that are gonna happen. There's no. Uh, you know, I, I was ho- I was I was getting a little WWE. You know what I mean? Hopefully, you guys understood that. I did forget to say it. It was fun. Uh, again, yeah, they were out of line though. They should not have come at me like that. And if you know, whatever. Whatever. I'm not. I. I. I well, let's just all treat each other with respect. Just come at me like, hey, I'm putting always be booked on a t-shirt. You're gonna sue me or what? Like that's no. He's it's the wrong guy. You know what I mean? There was. There's. This. It's just not necessary. All right. Let's continue on with Royal Caribbean here. Royal Caribbean recently announced that they will be offering select new sailings that will feature an unprecedented two calls. To perfect day at Coco K on the same itinerary. Yeah, I said K. Uh, they will also start featuring late night sailings to the newly refurbished and very popular private island. The evening call seemed to be a little bit of um, an experiment as we as we are, are, are looking at it right now. They'll only there'll only be three of them at first, and they're going to be taking place on Navigator of the Seas. And the attractions at night. And the activities are going to be several traditional bohemian dance parties. There's going to be some barbecues, some fire dancers. And what's really cool is as you leave for the next port of call or wherever you're going, if you're going back to your original port, uh, you will be sent off in style in festive fashion with a sail away fireworks show. That's kind of cool. I've, you know, nice little touch there. See, this is what I'm saying about Royal Caribbean. While we all love the cruising world, things can often get a little predictable, right? New ship is announced, new ship is built, new ship launches, and then new ship gets old. If there's something particularly innovative and profitable, competitors will copy the new ship and create whatever their own version of that is. Royal Caribbean, on the other hand, has put together a multifaceted plan where everything is working in a little bit of a synergistic fashion to what looks like shake up the old and make it all new again. Now, let's start with the uh, it's basically three points. Let's start with the Royal Amplified program. This is Royal Caribbean's $900 million plan to modernize and reimagine 10 ships in its fleet over the next four years. Now, the first thing you might think 
is you might compare it to Carnival 2.0. Well, if you did, you wouldn't be completely wrong. There are some key differences. Probably the most significant is that these ships that Royal Caribbean is refurbishing, they're some of the best in the fleet as is. And one could argue that they don't need to invest this much capital into such already impressive mega ships like, you know, you got ships like Allure, Oasis of the Seas, even Navigator and Mariner, and the Freedom Class. They're, they're elevating their newer and bigger ships. Where the Carnival model, when they were doing it, it seemed like they were basically throwing a final lifeline to ships that were mostly in the fantasy class. Now, I know there was exceptions, and when I say Carnival 2.0, I'm not talking about things like the Victory and the Triumph, which become the Radiance and the Sunrise. I'm talking about the 2.0, where they just do the kind of multi-million dollar refurbs. It just feels like with the, the, the whole purpose of that was to take most of the fantasy class and make them continue to be seaworthy. Now, not knocking the fantasy class, because you know I've had a little bit of a... Uh, epiphany on the fantasy class having experienced it firsthand i get the draw of the fantasy class but i still stand by what i say it seems like you know this two this uh royal amplified thing is nowhere near is way more of an it's on another level than the um the car the uh, carnival 2.0 so that's one piece to this three-headed monster that they're doing here the next piece to the puzzle is that they started They started deploying some of their larger ships, like Navigator of the Seas and Mariner of the Seas, towards more abbreviated sailings. Now, for a very long time, you often had to choose between shorter sailings on smaller or older ships, or if you wanted to do a longer sailing, you'd get your newer and larger ships. Uh, given, given the opportunity to sail on ships in the mid-to-large category for shorter sailings, didn't exist, but now the forward-thinking folks at Royal Caribbean are changing the game. Uh, you got the Navigator doing four nights here, five nights here, same with the Mariner. Uh, expect to see this duplicated across other lines as well. Again, it's, it probably already has, and I know it has. You know, some of the refurbished ships Carnival has, you know, dealt with is as far as the, uh, I know the, the, sun, the Sunrise is starting to do shorter cruise sailings as well. I was recently on board the newly amplified Navigator of the Seas, as you know. And uh, while I was sad to get off the ship and after just four days, I have to say I really enjoyed the fact that there were benefits to a less expensive sailing, uh, one that could I, do, I could do last minute. It would fit into a limited window of time. You know, that was a treat. That was something really cool. So I think that's planned, let's just call it, uh, you know, the next the second piece to the puzzle and then finally let's talk about what royal caribbean did to enhance their once calm and serene private oasis known as coco k or key we're going k formerly the beautiful but basic beach destination played second fiddle to the ultra popular labadee royal caribbean's privately leased destination in haiti 200 million dollars later perfect day at coco Cay has emerged as the most talked about private island in the bahamas and probably one of the most talked about private islands in the history of cruising since its completion in early 2019 royal caribbean has been clamoring to expose as many of its guests to this tropical paradise as it can timing could not be better as it provided the perfect distraction from the political events that led to them no longer being able to send their guests over to havana cuba 
uh, with its gorgeous, be- gorgeous beaches, tethered hot air balloon, next level water park, and the largest freshwater pool in the Caribbean, Coco Cay has already set a new standard for private island ports of call. It may be safe to say that the popularity of Perfect Day has even surpassed what the cruise line projected. Now, this prompting them to increase the fees associated with a lot of the attractions that are on the island. Um, and there has been a little bit of a pushback as a result from a lot of cruisers who, you know, people people get upset. And you see some of those, those the, the new price list, you know, top to bottom, especially those cabanas. It's out of control. I mean... I'm not spending $1,000 to sit at a command. I'll do a land-based vacation if that's what I wanted to do. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. But a lot of them, I don't know, the, the, the water park and things like that, the market's the market. You know, if they price themselves out, I'm sure they'll adjust again. But, yeah, I, I still think it's great. I still think what Royal Caribbean is doing is great. While these are three separate initiatives put forth by Royal Caribbean, we simply cannot ignore how well they will all work synergistically. Um, you have a new opportunity to cruise shorter sailings on larger ships that have all been refurbished to a completely reimagined tropical destination. As cruisers, I believe, despite the you know increased pricing, I think we're the winners here. What do you guys think? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let me know. Here's a good one. Uh, a few days ago, I got an alert on a group I follow uh, that they went live in Facebook. Now, several years ago, I was contemplating a move to St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So what I did was I went out and joined the Facebook group called What's Going On St. Thomas. My relocation plans have sin- since been abandoned, but I do remain a member of the group because of my fascination with the island and all the interesting content in the group. The alert that came in last week was uh, it was alive. It was Monday, last Monday, showing a video, showing video footage. And what is today? Was it? So it was like um, I'm trying to figure out the days. So today's Wednesday, last Monday. So we're talking about almost like ten days ago. And this is when the live video came out. It was it was showing footage of a story that broke uh, just a couple of days ago on many news networks. So I guess I, I think I saw a lot of it coming out on Sunday, and I didn't really make worldwide news till like almost a week later. But I did see it, and I just remember, wow, I actually saw that on Facebook Live like seven days ago. So it was kind of strange. Now, a woman in a wheelchair was sailing on the Carnival Fascination. It was docked in St. Thomas last Monday. She got too close to the edge of the dock and rolled into the water next to the ship. Can you imagine this? Now, a gentleman named Randolph Donovan, he's a local man, and he's been uh, entertaining the cruise passengers in that area as they get back on the ship, and he you know, runs around on, in costume on stilts. In heroic fashion, he immediately jumps into the water to rescue the handicapped woman. Uh, a life preserver was thrown in, and Donovan was able to remove the guests from the wheelchair. This way, she was prevented from sinking along with the chair. Uh, after several minutes, however, Donovan... He was trying to keep her calm, keep her afloat. He became exhausted, and he began to fear for his own safety. Now, if you're ever on these docks, you look down, you see, you know, it's just water. If you could swim, no big deal. But it's not a pool where you could just pull yourself up. When you when you jump in, you know, there's a, a, a nice, uh, a, a nice decent-sized drop between the dock and where the water line starts. So that was a, a little bit of an issue. Uh 
So what happened was his good friend and colleague, Kashif Hamilton, who was also on duty as an entertainer, but he was the DJ, he jumps in to help selflessly. He saw his friend in trouble, and he was like, "Uh, I can't lose my friend today. He jumps in. Eventually, everyone made their way over to the dock, and there was some rope used, and Carnival staff was able to pull them out of the water. Hamilton jumped on his own Facebook page and gave a a brief little recount of the events, and this is a quote from him. He says, wake up this morning, and I'm in 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 my mind. I, I want to say an, uh, an island accent, but I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, but just he must the how I read it is not going to sound as good as it probably you know normal as it sounds with him saying it. Wake up this morning, set and ready to go DJ on a weeko dock for the tourists coming on the carnival ship, not knowing I will be saving a tourist life. End quote. Hamilton wrote, he continued, thank God we are all safe and sound. The love that is coming is tremendous. I want to say thanks to each and everyone. Uh, Joe Bashult is the commissioner for the U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Tourism. He shared photos of the men honoring them in a Facebook post, and he said, I want to thank and acknowledge two members of our visitor experience team at the Department of Tourism, Kashif Hamilton and Randolph Donovan Jr., who went above the call of duty yesterday to save a disabled carnival fascination passenger from drowning at the West Indian Company, Wico Dock. Our team at the Department of Tourism truly value their heroic efforts, and thanks to them, a young visitor's life was saved, he added. We often say that tourism is tourism is all of us. And Kashif and Randolph truly embodied that message. So two things I'll, prov- I'll, I'll say on that and comment on that. When he says tourism is all of us, that's the way they think down there. It's true. And I've experienced that and I found it to be interesting. You would think that Senior Frogs would like it when Margaritaville screws up because that's going to send more people to Senior Frogs. Or when people go to uh, Senior Frogs and they complain about their experience at, uh, at, at they explain they complain about their experience at, at, at Margaritaville to the service staff over at Senior Frogs, you would think the service staff at Senior Frogs would welcome that and be like, okay, well, sorry to hear that, but really secretly happy because now they have them as customers and they'll go... It's not the way it works down there. You're talking about uh, a small, concentrated area. And these people depend so much on tourism that they hold each other accountable. Like, they will get upset with each other. Like, when Senior Frog screws up or vice versa, Margaritaville screws up, the other one will get upset because the way they look at it is that that's one more person that may not come to St. Thomas at all. You know what I mean? So they want everybody to be on the same page. They take their TripAdvisor reviews as servers, as people, as just tourism uh, employees, very serious. And tourism is all of us. That's what they say. And it's it's not as much of a competition like you would. Like in New York City, if I'm working at the Ainsworth and then they screw up over at, uh, you know, the refinery rooftop. I'm like hell yeah, because I got their. I, I'm going to treat this guy great or this girl great, and I'm going to you know win their business. That's New York City. There's eight million people there, and another eight million visiting every day. Here, they are so hell bent on making sure people continuously come to the island. They look at it like that. If people come to the island, we'll find a way to get paid. We'll get the money. But if people are rude to people and people get bad experiences at our competing restaurants, they just stop coming to the island. 
And then, uh, so that's what I wanted to say about that. <clears throat> and the other thing I wanted to say was, you know, what a nice contrast to what we talked about in the beginning. And we talked about, you know, uh, going to hell in a handbasket and, and things like that and society just declining and things like that. And then you have these two heroes. I mean, heroes. I mean, it's a, I like to think, I don't know. I, I'm wondering too. I'm wondering what I would have done. I like to think I would step up to the plate with that. I don't. Th- I think that's one of those things you don't know what you do until it actually happens. If you're asking me, I say I think I would, but I'm not going to be Joe Hero and say, "Yeah, of course I would do." You know, who knows? None of us know what they, we would do in that situation. Well, you know what? We know what these guys would do in that situation, and you know, it's just a it's a breath of fresh air, and it's um, a nice little contrast to some of the things that we talked about at the top of the show, which weren't as fun let's just leave it you know put it like that Uh, carnival had a statement from a spokesperson as well the guests were seen by our medical team and did not sustain injuries a complimentary replacement wheelchair has been provided for the duration of the cruise our most sincere thanks and appreciation to these individuals for their heroic efforts in assisting this guest you know a couple i got issues man i know it seemed like a pick on carnival doesn't it i love carnival but i know first of all your statement is that you gave her a well, listen. These guys saved their lives. The guy from St. Thomas honored them as well. You know, Carnival pats itself on the back saying, oh, you know what? Forget the wheel, fresh wheelchair on us. Don't worry about it. We got the wheelchair for you. <laughs> and then how about not saying these individuals? How about using their friggin' names? Can we use their names? Mr. Kashif and Mr. Randolph. Um, Kashif Hamil- Hamilton and Randolph Donovan Jr. Uh, can we can we just use their names? I mean, I, w- I would have done that. That's it. All right, whatever. All right, anyway, Norwegian. Uh, let's go over to Norwegian now. They floated out their newest Breakaway Plus class ship, and that is the Norwegian Encore. That was a few days ago at the Meyer Werft shipyard in Germany. The Breakaway class did begin with the flagship, the Norwegian Breakaway, which launched in April 2013. Since then, they have gotten more elaborate and even began distinguishing the next level vessels in the class by dubbing them Breakaway Plus. The Encore is set to be the fourth and final installment of the Breakaway Plus class. Now remember, there's six overall if you're going to count the regular Breakaways, which is the Norwegian Breakaway and the Norwegian Getaway. Um... This will be the biggest and baddest of them all. Encore will feature familiar features such as the 1,100-foot go-kart racetrack, the virtual reality laser tag, the Spice H2O Lounge, and many others. Entertainment on board will feature the Broadway smash hit Kinky Boots, uh, Prohibition the Musical, and a Beatles cover band. Uh, From a dining standpoint, Encore will partner up with a very successful Italian concept called uh, called Scarpetta. yeah, Scarpetta, whose mark has already been left in markets such as New York, Miami, Las Vegas, and London. The restaurant will be located in the very popular waterfront section of the ship and will feature homemade pasta and their signature. You ready for this? They have a very fancy, elaborate signature dish. It's called spaghetti tomato, tomato and basil. <laughs> That's got to be good. You know how good that's got to be? If that's your signature dish and it's just spaghetti, tomato, and basil, 
you must be doing that. That's just that's just so simple. It's genius, and it's probably delicious. Encore will be Norwegian's largest ship at 169,000 gross tons, and will hold just under 4,000 passengers. She will sail regular itineraries to the Caribbean out of Miami in her inaugural season this winter. Then she's going up to New York for some alternating Bermuda and Canada sailings during the spring and summer. Later next year, she's going to return to Miami for the winter and then, ready for this, head to Seattle in the spring of 2021 for a season of Alaska sailings. This is continuing the recent boom of newly built giant ships homeporting over on the West Coast. And Norwegian also, they've been just running their ships rampant. A lot of itinerary move-arounds lately, it seems like, from them. Um... All right, moving on. Carnival. Oh, see, we're picking on Carnival again. Sorry, guys. But two of the main attractions on board Carnival's Vista-class ships have been taken out of service indefinitely for repair. As of August 14th, the Skyride feature on both Carnival Horizon and Carnival Vista are officially down for maintenance. A spokesman for Carnival told Cruise Critic, uh, We conduct regular maintenance inspections of Skyride on both ships. As we compared findings of the most recent inspections, we decided it's best to take the rides out of service, consult with our engineering experts on some enhancements to maintain the high level of safety we are committed to providing. We are making every effort to completely uh, complete any recommended work as quickly as possible. We apologize for any disappointments this may cause our guests. Um, I don't know. At this point, there's no, this is me again. At this point, there's no timetable as to when guests can expect the ride to be available. And there doesn't seem to be any compensation offered for guests who booked cruises on these ships, despite the fact that it was very aggressively advertised in their, uh, you know, in, in all the all their copy that they put out before the before these ships got one of those one of the first things you saw right i mean you saw the havana cabanas and you saw the skyride the skyride was their wow factor thing but it's not around now a couple of things so i you heard me i quoted cruise critic critic that's not me just reading their story that's uh, i wrote this this story uh but cruise critic did uh through my research did have the um they did get the quote. So the Carnival spokesperson did say this to Cruise Critic. And what I'll take from that is this. Yes, it's not good. This is not a good look at all for Carnival. And again, we talked to Doug the other day, and he mentioned it. Like, what does this mean for the roller coaster, right? There's a roller coaster coming out on the new Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras Part 2, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and what is salt water is just the enemy of things you know what i mean is the air salt water the elements how are they going to be able to maintain that roller coaster if these simple i shouldn't say simple but these sky ride features are not maintainable and they're just manually pedaled you know it's uh, here's here's what i'll say though kudos to carnival because you know the worst thing you do when these things happen is you know what you want to just get ahead of it talk to your engineers find out a permanent fix and get something permanent in place and if that does mean they have to go out of commission for a little while all all said and done yes that is the right move all right so that is the news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you have any uh, stories that you want me to cover or if you have anything on your mind, please hit me up, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. And uh, that's about it. Now, let's get into our interview with Matt from Fantastic Cruising.
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Both Cruise podcast. With us is a very special guest. I feel like this is almost like a long time coming. We've spoke by email and chat here and there, but we've never actually got on the phone or spoke face to face. Big welcome to Matt from Fantastic Cruising. How are you, Matt? Hey, I'm doing good, Tommy. It's it is good to talk to you in person. I know we've had some communication, but you know it's it's never quite the same until you talk to somebody face to face or or ear to ear, as the case may be. Exactly. Well, definitely welcome back to the scene because I know a lot of people there was a little bit of a void uh, with you not being there. Very very popular. We see the automatic and kind of uh, I guess almost immediate response to you jumping back what is it fantastic cruising fantastic i'm sorry i apologize <laughs> that's okay um so i guess i wanted to maybe rewind a little bit and go back to the beginning and find out what is your stake in all this where did you what what kind of got you into cruising as a whole in general yeah i mean i kind of was hesitant to cruise i didn't really want to cruise i thought i'd be bored on the on the ship but uh the the promise of going to the caribbean islands and seeing some of the stuff going on there got me to do it and then lo and behold as soon as i get on the ship i'm like this is amazing this is awesome you know i thought i'd be bored or something but i was hooked instantly like within the first day of being on the ship i knew that it was just an amazing experience just being out there on the water and no worries it's just you know hassle-free fun vacation so that's what happened so what do you remember what the first ship was and uh what the itinerary was like yeah, it was actually a, a quick one. It was Monarch of the Seas, which is a Royal Caribbean ship that's not even in service with Royal Caribbean anymore. And it left out of Cape Canaveral, and it went down to Nassau and Coco Cay. It was just like a three-night or whatever, so there was not even a sea day on there. And uh, we went down, hit those islands, came back, and just wanted more. That's amazing. You know, I was a little bit of the opposite of that. I kind of fell in love with cruising before i got on a ship and i just kind of saw i saw the cruise ship going past and i was we were at a bar restaurant in new york city and i saw it i'd never really seen one in person we all watched the love boat or whatever you heard we all knew what cruising was but i just saw the ship and i was like i'm getting on that as soon as possible and then uh when i booked it i didn't even have really that good of a time on the first cruise but what i did i went to note taking action and basically put a whole bunch of notes <laughs> together and knew that I'm going to do it again and I'm going to do it right. Um, so you are out of Tampa, am I correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the Tampa Bay area. Oh, okay. So you kind of have the, I guess, what most people would call the luxury of living pretty close to a port. What a... I, the Tampa, the port of Tampa has been in the news a little bit lately for a bunch of refurbishments and things like that. And I think they're adding another ship. I believe the Celebrity, uh, what is it, the, uh, the so Constellation the, or something like that? Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. There's. I was excited to hear a Celebrity ship's coming. I've not been on Celebrity yet, but uh, they have some pretty exciting ships. Tampa is definitely, that port area is definitely kind of an up-and-coming area i i've lived in st pete most of my time here but uh, recently i moved to riverview but i work right down and at the port like i work at the aquarium which is literally right next door to the port and so i see these ships coming in all the time and that whole area is the channel side area uh the guy who owns the tampa bay lightning basically he owns all of that and he's they've been making all kinds of changes it kind of sucked because oh they closed all the restaurants and everything so when you work down there like all of our lunch venues went away but now now they started to open it back up. They've got this thing called Sparkman's Wharf, and they're building a bunch of stuff. So I think that over the next five, ten years, that place is going to be just booming. 
It really was, and I had never been there before, drove there. It was a little complicated getting there, or I might just be a moron, could be a combination of both, who knows. But when I did get there, I was expecting to be able to, be, I guess, just trail everybody that's going right to the cruise port. But that aquarium you're, uh, you you kind of do your thing at over there is very, very popular, and there were definitely more people walking to the aquarium. And I thought I was just going to be able to follow the crowd, but most people were leading me <laughs> directly to the aquarium. So that place does pretty well, huh? It does, especially during the summer when you were on your cruise. I mean, that's like our big popular time. We get tons and tons of people that are visiting Florida coming in. We got all the people that are on the kids off school and we got big camp groups coming in. So it's, yeah, it's crazy busy. Now, this week, it's it's like crazy slow because all the kids are back in school. So it's nice and serene. If you came on to a cruise week, it probably you would be able to pretty much follow the crowd when they're getting on the ship. Right. No, that makes sense. And yeah, I have to say, people told me leading up to it that it was very, very kind of just park and go. And the ease, if you're ever cruising out of Tampa, you know what I mean? You, you're you in a pretty good position. That parking garage is right there. Now, you're not getting too much of a discount. It is a $15 a day, which is right up there with a lot of them. But it is convenient as hell to kind of just pop the car, get out of the car and walk over and you're on the ship. And I also think the embarkation uh, in Tampa is just, I don't know what they do. They're very, very quick and efficient getting you on the ship yeah it's, it's been a pretty good experience when i've gone out of tampa of course i park in the aquarium parking lot so i'm even closer than the garage for, for right. me yeah just rub and, it in that's fine but, yeah i know right <laughs> and it's free you know it's free but uh, but yeah there there's some other like um parking areas you can go to that are that are not covered and stuff you could probably save a few bucks but i don't know i'd probably go to the garage myself if i was going to do that but yes it's pretty much just a shot right across there and i i don't know if it's because they only usually have like one or two ships in port but it does see and it's not a huge terminal but it does seem to go pretty smoothly most of the time yeah and i'm just uh, you know being the new yorker that i am i'm just so enamored by how even miami is a little rough they're so friendly. They just welcome you on. They almost, they almost look at them. They almost seem like they're excited that you're going on a cruise. It's, it's a nice little touch. Yeah, and uh, you were on the Carnival Paradise. There's a guy that works for Carnival that is, I can't think of what his name is, but he's kind of known as sort of like almost an MC in the the port terminal there. And he's he's really just full of energy and gets everybody excited. And, you know, that, that first day when everybody's kind of stressed out, getting ready to get on the ship, and a lot of people don't know what they're doing, and so there's a lot of tension. He kind of really cuts through that and, and makes everybody start their cruise off to a good on a good foot. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, I could totally see that happen. Happening. They're really big on not walking up the escalators, though. You have to stand in one spot, and I'm not. That's a little tough for me to get used to, you know, because in New York we just have the right side is for the standards, and the left side is for the people who want to pass. But uh, yeah, they the minute I took a step, I was like, please don't walk on the elevator, please. I'm like, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, but yeah, we were talking about catching up on the tail end on the back end of my cruise. Uh, I know it was a little bit of a busy time for you over there and i was going to maybe wait that out or see if you were available but to the contrary to the embarkation yeah it was very very rough it was le- it was in there for at least an hour and 15 minutes trying to get out of there though so i guess whatever happened maybe somebody called out from the customs area but it was tough getting out have you experienced that at all i know have you heard that of people experiencing that 
Uh, the last time I was on the Paradise, it was a little bit longer wait to get through customs than than it normally is. But I've been on the Paradise three times. I've been on the Legend out of Tampa, and every other time it's gone really quick. But the last time it did take a bit, and I, I just I kind of chalked it up to like a an anomaly with customs. But you had the same experience, so who knows? Maybe they maybe they're just like not in a hurry. I don't know what their what their deal is there. Well, you know, they're focusing too much on getting yawned and then they just you know, they'll they'll wrap that up next year, they'll figure that out. That's fine. Um I mean Customs doesn't have to worry about customer service for Carnival, so I guess they, yeah. don't, they don't really have to care too much about that if they don't want to. No, that's true. And I had the uh, drive home, so I was like, what did um so what did I want to ask you next? So what if as far as uh, some of the things in cruising that are coming up, there's a lot of exciting things going on with some of the new ships, uh, what Royal Caribbean's doing over there. I covered it in the news, just some crazy stuff as far as refurbishments and things like that. When you sit back and look at the industry as a whole, I know you're a, you know, kind of a, you know, cruise nerd like I am. What do you, <laughs> what are you excited about as far as what's coming up in cruising? Um, I mean, all the innovations are exciting. I, I'm, I think that the ship that I'm the most intrigued by right now is probably the the Virgin, the Scarlet Lady, just because I, I like the way they're kind of breaking the rules and sort of turning cruising on its head. And I think that's kind of the most interesting to me. You know, the the ships coming out like the the Mardi Gras stuff, and they got roller coasters and all this stuff. To me, a lot of that stuff it's it's neat. It's kind of like it's kind of like a novelty. You get to do that on the high seas or whatever. But after that, it's like, if I wanted to go on a roller coaster, I'm just going to go to Orlando. So other things that are, that are different, like the celebrity edge has that whole Eden thing. And just that, that, uh, bit that goes up and down. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. 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 I mean, that kind of stuff to me is more interesting just because it's, it's just something that's just kind of changing the, the industry. Yeah, it's like a look at me game, right? They're like waving their hands. It's like it's all, you don't want to throw out the gimmick word a little bit, but you can't help but wonder. And especially you brought up the roller coaster thing. And I think everybody is sort of excited or at least on some level curious about that. But then take another step back and look what's going on with these sky rides. I mean, is it going to be sustainable? Is it going to be something that's actually going to work? I was on the horizon once. It was out of order. And it seems like they're both down right now. Is that true or not? I think so. And I, I know I've been on the Vista twice and it was down part of both of those sailings that I was on. There wasn't down the whole time, but it was part down part of it. And that, I know a lot of other people have had that same experience. I mean, e- even when it was up, like I rode the Skyride. I didn't even get to ride it the first time because it was, it was so crowded when it was open that I just didn't bother. The second time I rode it, it, it was fun. It was cool. But I mean, honestly, if I went on the Vista again, I don't, I mean, I liked the Vista, but I don't know if I would do that <laughs> yeah. just because I'd, I'd rather sit in the red frog pub or you know sit by the water and stuff like that true i was into it i definitely wanted to jump on that thing but to be honest with you i probably got saved because i got a buddy his name is Stu, and he's really really in shape and uh we had a hundred dollar bet and we were gonna race so i probably saved myself a hundred <laughs> bucks by not having the uh sky ride in play when i was cruising um all right so we're gonna talk so you you bring a different angle to this whole cruising thing and uh it's it seems like it has quite a niche too, and it's very very popular amongst uh, people across the board, uh, and that is the whole creature angle. But and we want to get I want to get to that in a second. But beyond that, let's just forget the creatures for a second. When you get on board and you cruise, what type of a cruiser would you describe yourself as? 
Um, I would say that mostly I am looking to kind of chill out and relax, have a few cocktails. Um, I like to draw, so I pull out my my tablet and start doing art on that. And that's that's probably my my main thing I look forward to. I like participating in some of the different activities and that sort of thing. But uh, but yeah, relaxing is probably number one for me. So you're more of like you know get on board and let's shut it down. Let's cruise like we're supposed to. Let's shut it down and relax and then. Uh, kind of just connect with the sea and you know you're not necessarily running around trying to be the first guy to rent a laser tag gun right right i mean now i am looking for food right away pretty much but that's a that's about it and then well i mean one of the things i love about cruising is that in the in the past before i realized how awesome cruising was like every vacation i go on was like explorer adventurer go 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 and i never stopped the whole time like I, i've constantly got to be doing stuff so cruising sort of forces me to sort of relax a little bit and then i find that i actually like that so it's if, if i wasn't forced to do that i would be like well what's the next activity what's the next activity so it's kind of good for me in that way right it kind of slows you down a little bit like you your your instinct on vacation is to kind of explore and learn and discover and this cruising thing just kind of like says you know what time to just kind of relax a little bit yeah yeah you, yeah. you know i can have i can have a few drinks i don't have to worry about driving anywhere getting to back to a hotel i don't have to worry about where i'm going to eat that night all that stuff is is gone and i can just i can just chill and relax and and have a good time well that's what people say to me like when they ask me to well, uh, you know the skeptics they're out there my friends or whatever like well why do i why should i take a cruise what convince me why i should take a cruise my first answer is well maybe you shouldn't you know what i mean I'm, right <laughs> I'm, yeah i'm not gonna sit here and try to like you know tell everybody that i get the fact that it is not for everybody but that's the same thing in my lifestyle and my job it was just constant hospitality constant just action you know through some of the stories i share on here it's just you know there's never really a dull moment and you're on your feet the whole time and you know that was i i i, I didn't want to go I, I wanted to get away from vacations that i would need another vacation from once i got done so that's what cruising <laughs> provided for me like i i was like this is i saw this thing floating past me on the hudson river and i'm like well, you're telling me that thing is going to be in Puerto Rico in two days and everything you need is going to be on it. And then once I got on it, it was like, hell yeah, this thing is <laughs> built to entertain me around every single corner. Oh, and by the way, we're going to take you to three, four, five of some of the nicest islands you've ever seen in your life. So that's what right. that's where I was at. I mean, I, I loved it. So I think we're on the same page with that. So let's go. Let's switch gears and let's talk about what this whole uh, other angle you bring to the table. And uh, that is the cruise creatures. Uh, Matt regularly, if you don't know, is uh, a proponent based on it. Probably, you know, you have obvious passion and love for it, but then it's also part of your employment, too. What? got you so into the cruise creatures <laughs> i mean really creatures is what got me to cruise i i've been a creature guy my whole life um reptiles are my main thing but fish and stuff like that any kind of wild animal i'm into it i mean my professional career has consisted of starting with pet stores being a zookeeper and then going into kind of the education angle of it so uh, really, the thing that made me really want to cruise was getting to some of these Caribbean islands so I could scuba dive and snorkel and see some of the animals that live on the islands. So for me, it's just a natural fit. Like that's that's what I'm looking at when I'm planning a cruise. The first thing I'm looking for is where's it going to go? What am I going to be able to see? And then after that, it's like okay, well now which ship 
can I go on and how, how much is it going to cost? So that's kind of my whole drive and focus. All the other stuff that I love about cruising, and I do love so much of the other stuff about cruising, is just icing on the cake for me. That makes sense. And that's a good angle. You know what I mean? If you are a diver, if you are a, um, you know, snorkel, scuba dive, whatever you do, uh, you know, based on just going out there and doing one trip, this, I, I would imagine cruising, that's a bonus to it. It, it forges the opportunity to see multiple, I guess, you know, popular dive destinations, right? Oh, yeah. And the, and the price is great. I mean, I've been scuba certified since I was 15, and I barely ever dove at all. Even when I moved to Florida in like 1998, I mean, up until I started cruising, I dove probably once every few years if I was lucky. And now I'm diving three, four, five times a year just on the cruises alone because there's not a lot of great places to dive in Florida unless you go down to the Keys. I mean, there's some spots. But uh, if I go to the Keys, if I want to take a trip to like Key West, I'm there for a weekend. I could have gone to the Caribbean for like seven or eight days. And that doesn't even count like my food and stuff in Key West. So it just it just makes so much sense for somebody like me to be able to afford to do that and also to see Honduras, Grand Cayman, Grand Turk, Belize. I mean, these are all like the spots I read about when I was a kid in the little scuba diving magazines I got. Now I'm going to these places. I thought I'd never get to go to these places. So it's pretty awesome. Now, let me ask you this. I uh, There's people, there's, there's probably three types of people. There's people like you who can't get enough of being underwater, being in with the sea, you know, the sea creatures and things like that. Never met a reef you didn't like, probably. Uh, <laughs> there's people, and I didn't even know this until recently, there's people out there who literally won't step foot in any wild body of water, whether it's ocean, sea, or anything like that. They think, well, this is their domain. I am a guest here. I don't belong here. I'm a, you know, no pun intended fish out of water when I'm in the water. <laughs> uh, so I don't go in the ocean. I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I've definitely had about 10 or 15 snorkeling trips that I've enjoyed. I mean, when I first did that, it was, I mean, it, that's a memory that just, you know, stayed with me forever. I'm not experienced. Right. I don't know where I'm going. But when I first put that, you know, that 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 mask on and went underwater, and I think I just went to, I think I had a good first experience in Grand Bahama, and it might be one of the few things Grand Bahama is good for, for as, it, as it pertains to most <laughs> cruises, but I just saw a kaleidoscope of just fish, and I was like, holy crap. Like, what? It, it had an effect on me. Um, so my question is, when you were down there, have you or can you share an experience with us where you didn't necessarily feel so comfortable under the water? <laughs> well, I'm comfortable around pretty much any creature. Like I, I'm not afraid of sharks or, or any of that sort of thing. I, I well, have been. You're not, you're not what? I'm not. I'm not afraid of sharks or any <laughs> any of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I would. I would love to. Like, I want to do the shark dives and stuff that are out there. But uh, I have been stung by some jellies. That hasn't been a super pleasant experience. And the only other time I have felt unsafe is I had uh, a little bit of an iffy diving situation in Grand Turk where um, my tanks were light. I had a little bit too much air in my my buoyancy vest. And you're supposed to when you're doing like a deeper dive, you're supposed to kind of sit at one level and go through decompression for like five minutes or whatever, depending on how long you're down there. Well, I couldn't stay underwater. So I'm, I'm like trying to kick as hard as I can to, to stay submerged so I don't get like the bends going up. And, and what I'm doing is I'm exerting so much energy that I'm blowing through all my air in my tank. So all my reserve air for doing that decompression. Up. I'm like 
going through it, which was was chalked up to partially me being a fairly inexperienced diver at the time, and also uh, they didn't give me enough weight as as what I should have had. So, as a, but that was that was the only time I've ever really been nervous in the water that I could recall. Yeah, you heard those horror stories. That horrified me. The how that sound, the bends that sounded. Uh, I mean, that sounded terrifying <laughs> to me. Getting at yeah, but, yeah, that's, that's scary. Is there a um? Is there an area or an experience or just the whole package together? I think I did the I I snorkeled the shelf. I think you did too, right? Or you dove and, uh, the shelf. You dove the shelf, right? I mean, snorkeling is that amateur stuff, right? So I, <laughs> I actually I enjoy both equally for different reasons. Are you talking about in Grand Turk or yeah, the shelf, the wall? What's it called? I'm not sure, but yeah, that yeah. Was, there's well, there's walls in a lot of the spots, but yeah, Grand Turk has a really nice one. I've I've snorkeled there and dove there. Okay, yeah, no, I, I'm like I said, being the rookie in terms of that, that was a, a weird experience. And and weirdly enough, people ask like, is that that's that sounds like it would freak you out? For some reason, it doesn't really freak you out. You feel you feel okay. You don't necessarily feel like you're. Uh, I mean, you just feel pretty secure in that water. I mean, people just kind of freak out when they hear that, you know, whatever it is, 18 feet to 7,000 feet. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not that bad. No. Well, I mean, the visibility is so amazing in the Caribbean that it's not like if you're in a lake, maybe the lake's only 50 feet deep, but you've got like 10 foot of visibility. So you're like, well, what's past 10 feet? I have no idea. You know, even even diving in the Gulf by Tampa, I've done like 70, 80 foot dives and the visibility is like 15 feet. So you're going down to hit the bottom. And most of that trip, it's just green all around you in every way. You don't know even which way's up unless you're watching your bubbles and it's kind of freaky until you can see something familiar but in the caribbean i mean you've got like 100 foot visibility so if if there's anything big coming at you you can see it from quite a distance away yeah i don't know if you you can't outswim it so you're just kind of stuck but you know you you see it coming so (laughs) yeah what's the adage about outswimming these uh deadly fish you just have to swim faster than the person you're with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So what I wanted to ask you, what is, uh, what, can you throw us out there? Maybe it's for a beginner. Maybe it's some, what is an experience, a diving or snorkeling experience, a particular place where you can go, what you can look for? What would you recommend somebody do if they want to either get into diving or continue their diving, I guess, resume? Where should they go in the Caribbean? Um, I would say there's a lot of possibilities, which is one of the awesome things about it. But um, in my experience, I really, really enjoyed snorkeling in Honduras, has had some of the most amazing snorkeling. I haven't dove there yet because every time I go, I go to the same place and snorkel the site. Because the advantage of snorkeling is I can stay there at this place all day long where I dive. It's like you're in, you're done. But uh, Cozumel's got some great spots. A good place if you're not already a scuba diver is to go to Chonkanob in Cozumel. It's got a great snorkeling area that has various depths. So if you're not super comfortable, you can stay in like three, four feet, or you can go out to about 25 feet. But then they have like a a scuba for complete beginners where you don't have to have any experience, and they take you on a dive. It's super safe because it's not super deep, and and you're with them the whole time. And something like that is a good way to kind of get your feet wet, so to speak. But... um, just make sure you're doing that with a reputable place. Like Chonkanob is very reputable. I've heard some horror stories where maybe the people doing these intro to diving things should have had a little bit more safety on their mind. So <laughs> um, make sure you do it in a reputable spot like Chonkanob, but there are some good places like that. Yes, I have heard Cozumel was one of the uh, hot spots for diving. If you ask anybody, I actually caught up with Super Mario, the Royal Caribbean guy. Have you heard of this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And I think that's what he says is that's what led him mostly to stay on a cruise ship is the fact that he just loved scuba diving, snorkeling, things like that. And uh, he he mentioned how much of a, I guess, a a, a Cosmo was for for scuba diving, snorkeling, diving in general. Have you ever tried that snuba thing? I haven't. For me, it just doesn't look like it's as fun as scuba diving. You're kind of on this leash almost kind of thing but it'd be kind of interesting i guess for somebody that that isn't a scuba diver yeah it seemed interesting but it's like one of those things where everybody's just trying to find a happy medium and uh sometimes that that kind of backfires but it did look interesting to me i just saw it on a couple of those these they have these florida shows you know living florida and uh there's some businesses out there that specialize in it it did look interesting but like i said i kind of saw that side of it too i'm like well you're not quite scuba diving you're not quite snorkeling it's I don't know. It's a little, and it's a little complicated to, to pull off, but all right. Before I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah. I mean, and there's also that helmet diving that I, again, I haven't done, but I know a lot of people who have, where you sort of wear this weighted helmet and it's, I think stuff like that is a great way for people who maybe aren't super comfortable with scuba diving to kind of get a feel for it in a very controlled environment, uh, without, you know, having to worry about all the extra stuff. But, uh, but I'm telling you, if you enjoy that sort of thing, you're going to like scuba diving more. Cause it's just, it's like, you just like the difference between, I guess, driving a car in a little track and then being able to just go out on your own and drive wherever you want. It's just a different, different sort of experience. Yeah. You know, my buddy, Dan, who was on the show a few weeks ago, he said he did that in Grand Cayman. And he said it was one of the coolest things he's ever done in his life. And again, I don't know how experienced of a diver he is. You know, if you've done them all and you have a lot to compare, I don't know if it's still, I don't know if he can still say that. But as far as whatever level he's at, he said he did go down there, put the weighted helmet on, and it was one of the greatest experiences at any vacation he's ever had whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a cool thing to do. Yeah, and then I guess, well, since we're just talking about the different ways to get under the water and interact with the creatures, have you tried that motorized uh, snorkel or, or diving? I haven't done that, no. Again, for me, like I'm the kind of guy who I like to just sit in one spot and just hang and just kind of wait for the creatures to come out. But um, I think that would appeal to people that want more of the, the action part of being underwater. I, every time I see those, I think of like a James Bond, you know, like Thunderball, James Bond movie or yeah, something exactly. like that. They're driving around. It'd be fun to do, but it's probably not the best way to see creatures. Makes sense. All right, so let's talk about uh, Fantastic Cruising. So, Matt, you came back onto the scene with uh, a podcast that's coming out. I think you're, what, one or two episodes in so far? Yeah, I just released the second episode, so we're at two. All right. So what's the show going to be about? I know it's cruising, it's creatures. You want to give us a little more detail on what we can expect? Yeah, I wanted to kind of change it up a little bit from what we did with the cruise geeks. I mean, I love the cruise geeks, but uh, you know, it's kind of a, a new day, new page. So um, my, my concept, my basic concept is it's going to focus a little bit more probably on creatures than, than the cruise geeks did, which is, which is already a lot. So that's something. If you don't like creatures, you may not want to tune in too much, but there is going to be extra stuff on there. Of course, we're going to talk about different aspects of cruising, but the, but the real big, uh, I guess, thing about this podcast is there's so many great creators that I've met in the in the community through YouTube and podcasting, and I just really want to share those opinions. So my idea is to have different co-hosts, like guest co-hosts on. So I'll have some solo episodes, kind of Tommy Casabona style, and then I'll do some uh, guest co-host type of things where 
I can sort of get those different angles and different people's perspectives and stuff. So that's that's really what I'm trying to do is kind of reach out to that community and and uh, just have some fun conversations. That makes sense. And then you, I, am I did I see correctly that you did put a Patreon together? I did. Yeah, I never did that with the Cruise Geeks. Um, I wanted to do that for this one. You know, I'm doing it by myself. As you as you know. Podcasting is not free, and uh, not only does it take time, but it takes actual real money that you know you and I have to earn somehow. And so I, I've you know people have strong opinions about Patreon, but basically, it's just a it's a way for people to support creators if they want to support them and that's kind of how i've set it up right now i don't even have a lot of rewards at the different levels so you get um you get a postcard at at one level and you get uh some artwork that i do at another level but uh for the most part i I want people to think of it as just a way to support you know what what i'm doing if they want to help out with that yeah i agree with you 100 percent. i've I know exactly what you're talking about as far as a little bit of the controversial, I guess, reputation it gets, or some people are rubbed the wrong way by it, or this and that. Uh, I really don't, I try to be as open-minded as possible and see other people's points of view, but I don't know. I I feel like if it really bothers you that we're going to spend all this time talking into a microphone, researching, editing, paying for what we pay for to be on the air. Right. And right. we can't get 25 seconds of your time to, you know, basically just provide you with an avenue to to, to maybe, uh, <laughs> I guess, contribute if you want to. I, I'm kind of done explaining myself with that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't ever want people to feel like they that they have to do that or anything, but uh but I want to give them an opportunity to, and if 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 that's offensive, then I'm sorry. But uh, that's that's how it's going to be because I, I you know any any other type of thing you would expect to to pay for. You don't expect musicians to make music and not get anything for it. You don't expect people to make movies and not get anything for it. I mean, yes, it's it's fun. Um, I love making the podcast. I enjoy it quite a bit. But it's as you know, it's a lot of work, and uh, you know, costs costs real money. So. If you don't want to, if you don't want to do it, don't do it, and and I won't think anything less of you. But if you do want to do it, this is how you can do it. I, I echo those sentiments exactly. And uh, just before we get you out of here, I know we spent a good couple of minutes here. What uh, we're switching it back to cruising for the final question. What do you have on the horizon as far as wait? Hold on, did I? I think I heard your show. Did I? I'm afraid to ask this a little bit. Are are you booked? <laughs> are you booked right now? I am not booked Are you right breaking now. Breaking the cardinal rule of always be booked. Oh, is that what man? Happens? I I'll tell you, it it is painful. This is the first time I haven't been booked in a long time. But uh, I'm going going through some changes right now, and I uh, don't want to get into I those. I got you. I got you. But that aside, okay. So that aside, yeah. we won't we won't, we won't touch any any of that type of stuff. So what as far as on the horizon, whether it's new innovations or things that you admired from afar that have been around for a while, give me a. Give me one or two cruise goals that you have. Where do you want to be? What do you want to check out that you maybe haven't seen yet? Or you might want to check it out again and you already have. I'll tell you, the the highlight of my cruising experiences have been the one of the last cruises I was on when I got to go to two of the ABC islands, Curacao and Aruba, and they both just blew me out of the water. And I want to get back to those islands and I want to get to Bonaire so bad that I don't care if I don't care if I'm on like the minnow from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I just want to get down there and uh, and check those islands out. I had so much fun on Aruba and Curacao, the the snorkeling there too in this little cove was just unbelievable but even the architecture there just 
everything about those islands. So I'd really like to get back on a ship that gets me down to the ABC islands to, to check those out and spend some more time there. Uh, but honestly, I think the next ship I'm going to be on is probably going to be the Paradise and hopefully this spring because it's right in my backyard. I mean, I see it I see it once a week. Have, have you been on a Paradise with Leon as the cruise director? I have. The last time I was on there, he was the cruise director. Is, is he in your top couple? I mean, he's a, he's a beast. Oh, yeah. He, he is definitely. Yeah, I enjoyed him quite a bit. Yeah, Absolutely. I thought he was great. All right. So you also have a Facebook group too, though, right? I do. It's the Fantastic Cruising Community, FCC. No intention there but uh yeah so the fantastic cruising community it's it's a closed group but if you want to enter all you got to do is answer the questions you you have questions to get into your group right i actually don't i just you don't kick people out if they get out of line that's all (laughs) that works too i just have a couple questions they're real simple but if you don't answer those you're probably not going to get in but if you answer them you're probably going to get in and it's it's a fun group uh it's growing pretty fast and it's it's a great way to uh, meet other cruisers, you know, just like just like the Always Be Booked Ultra Lounge. It's it's a similar kind of vibe. In fact, I think we have a lot of people in both of those communities, and it's a great way to just share with other cruisers. Makes sense. Matt, I really want to thank you for coming on, giving us a couple of minutes. Uh, appreciate you. I think I said, I think this was uh, probably in the making for a while. We talked about it a couple of times and maybe kind of doing this, but I'm glad we got a chance to now. The um, Fantastic Cruising is the podcast, and where can they find that? Pretty much anywhere. Should be anywhere. Should be on Stitcher, Apple, Google, all the all the major podcasts. If, if you look for it on a podcast thing you use and you can't find it, let me know. <laughs> I'll try and I'll try and make sure it gets on there. But yeah, and also YouTube. So all, all those places you can find it. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you, Tommy. Hey, quick question: How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always be booked. Cruises and vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. It's a lot of people's favorite topic of the show, and some people, we don't want to mention names, but they even have been caught fast forwarding to the emails. You know, we just don't do that. That's like solo cruising, and when you go on the solo cruise, 
you find a couple of crew members that you like, people on the ship that you like, and then you abandon the solo activities. We talked about that. You heard me say that before. That's what skipping to the emails is like. You take your medicine, you listen to the news, and uh, that's how it's supposed to be. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Tommy, congrats on getting the website and booking engine online. It's definitely a step in the right direction. Having a landing place for all your ABB content is great for discovery and getting your name out there. Also, thanks for the shout-out for my inability to commit to group cruises. All I can say is, shit happens. Can I say that? LOL. Anyways, I've got a suggestion to help you gain more YouTube subscribers. Post all your back episodes on or and future ones going forward. Uh, this would pump up your content, and the keywords associated to them may catch the eye of people searching for cruise videos. The podcast could live in a separately separate playlist that is in order from episode one and onwards. I'm pretty sure there are tools out there that can easily post these once they are edited of any music that could be flagged. Fantastic Cruising has been posting their episodes on YouTube, so I'm sure Matt could tell you how to do it. Well, you know, this is about 20 minutes too late, huh? <laughs> Loving the increased Patreon action and regular podcasts. I can definitely sense that you are tightening up your operation. Keep up the great work, Chris. Chris, what's up, man? How you doing? Chris is a warrior. Chris is a, uh, if if always be booked, if the cones were an army, he would be a general. So I appreciate everything, Chris. First of all, I'll talk about your um, YouTube thing. The YouTube, well, first of all, the group cruise thing. I get it. I would love to have you. Do you think you sound like you'd fun? You'd be a fun guy, you know, despite you talking about wanting to have sex with cheeseburgers. Beyond that, you sound like a fun guy to have a couple of drinks with. Uh, so maybe one day, maybe maybe it'll happen. Other than that, don't worry about it. We definitely don't hold you responsible. Life happens. Shit happens. All those things happen, and I get it if you can't make it. Um, the YouTube thing, putting the podcast on YouTube, I don't know, man. I think, personally, I'm not watching or listening. I'm not consuming any podcasts on YouTube unless they are video. You know what I mean? Unless there's video uh but I think, and I thought about, it, I played with the idea of maybe just recording the podcast on video and putting it up on YouTube. But I just don't have. I think that works more. Works more if you're if you're guest driven. If you have a guest driven show, I think that makes more sense. But it's literally just me with a microphone, and I do break it up. You know what I mean? I'll do one half hour here. I'll do an hour here. I'll try to at least, and you know, then am I going to be wearing something different for the other half of the so it's just a little bit of a mess I, and, and then I don't know I I guess I could there's really no harm in putting I just don't want to flood the YouTube channel with a bunch of crap that a lot of people don't consume and the YouTube channel for me right now is getting better it's growing I just don't want to slap a bunch of audio on there and make it that much more difficult for people to find my video content. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. You tell me. Um, I will ask Matt about how he does it and see if he's successful with it, possibly. And yeah, Chris, I appreciate you being a Patreon, being a super cone, and being a general. So if Marty's a king, Chris, you are a general. Uh, moving on. Hi, Tommy. First time writer, long time listener. First, I want to say how much I appreciate your podcast. I love cruising and combine that with being a born and raised in New York. You sound like home. I am a South Carolina transplant now, but still appreciate the New York ways. Now to my actual questions. Myself and 11 of our friends are going on the Carnival Horizon in July 2020 on an eight day cruise. Our ports are Aruba, Bonaire, Amber Cove, 
La Romana, and we specifically booked this for the ship and Aruba, but now at a loss for what to do in Bonaire. Any suggestions? And second, how worried should we be with the port of La Romana, Dominican Republic? In Cove, we are not too worried since there is a free pool and swim-up bar right in port. We are a diverse group from ages 10 to 70 years old. Wow, covering a lot of ground. And we are up for most things. We really love nature, snorkeling, and adventure type of excursions. Thanks for all your help in advance and keep up with your doing. I appreciate all the content and entertainment, Sharice. Sharice, here's the situation. I have been to pretty much every Caribbean island. I think there's about three of them left that I haven't gone to. Bermuda, St. Lucia, and Bonaire. And, you know, Bermuda I got to get to. St. Lucia, I hear it's a lot of beach. And Bonaire is definitely a place because I love the ABC Islands. I definitely want to get to Bonaire. But I don't have a lot of experience with Bonaire. So what I did was, getting your email, I did do some research. And forgive me if this is not the most detailed. I'm going to kind of give my spin on it. But anybody else, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's see if we could help Sharice with something to do in Bonaire. What have you done in Bonaire? What are the best things? What are the best for you? It's a beach day. What's the best beach? But I'll get into what I have here. And this is from uh, shoreexcursionsgroup.com. And this is the top 10 excursions in Bonaire. So you have Bonaire Discovery, which is basically a uh, comprehensive tour. You're just going to drive around and you will get a lot of photo opportunities. I'll say the same thing. I did it in Curacao. You know, Curacao, I did one of these as well. You know, this is just a, um, I forgot the name. Papamunto, Papamunto, there's a a culture down there, it's like six different languages, six different ethnicities, it's native, it's Spanish, it's uh, it's a lot, it's an island, Papamunto, Papamando, I forgot what it's called, but you know, they're they're very, very similar in the geography and in, in the history, they're Dutch, I believe Bonaire is Dutch too, I know both Aruba and um, Curacao are both Dutch influenced and Dutch controlled, um, or a Dutch, I don't know the specifics of where they exactly are right now. I don't know if they're ruled by them, but that's kind of like where they, you know, their their whole uh, origin and their main governing body is is the Netherlands. So you have a island tour. Next thing I'm showing is a, a North Coast Drive, Rincon Village, and Southside Flats. And uh, this is uh, some main sites of Bonaire a very old cultural district in the Dutch Caribbean. Yes, the Dutch and untouched pristine waters that surround it. So this is another tour, but this is on the north. I'm sorry, the south side and the salt flats. So the uh, the first one is a little bit general. And this is more in like in the town and things like that. This is more of a specific thing that they're, they're native to is the uh, south side salt flats, Rincon Village. And, uh, and then you hit the north coast. So the north coast, the south side salt flats cover a lot of ground. Uh, scenic Bonaire and Beach. This seems like another tour. It's a four-hour tour. You'll see what life was like for Bonaire slaves and learn how salt is mined. So this is a big salt place, I guess. Um, you visit the huts, the salt flats. Afterward, enjoy a little beach time at Cocoa Beach. Uh, another one is South Island Electric Bike. Um, discover Southside with this beautiful island in a fun way. Riding an electric-powered bike. Very, very, you know, if you've, if you, I don't know. 
if you've had a lot at the buffet and uh, you had a lot of guys pig and anchor and you don't want to pedal your own bike, this will be a motorized bike to get you around. Uh, Southern Scenes looks like another tour. Got two hours? Make the most of it with a quick trip to see Sorabon Beach, the Slave Huts, and the Salt Flats. So I guess the Slave Huts are big. The Salt Flats are big. Um clear bottom kayak there is uh take part in a truly unique experience paddle a clear bottom kayak through a mangrove forest and snorkel in the largest semi-enclosed bay in the dutch caribbean so it's a semi-enclosed bay and you can snorkel in it uh bonaire sail and snorkel trip uh clean bonaire klein bonaire water taxi this land sailing adventure this is just land sailing. So that's the thing about that area, if you know that or not. I, I, it's interesting to me because I, but that's one of the things geographically that just fascinates me about Aruba. And I guess you could say the same thing for uh, Bonaire and Curacao is that it is Caribbean. It is tropical, but it's also a desert and there's a lot of wind and it's it's dry. It's a dry Caribbean area in, in a lot of in a lot of areas. And uh, this excursion looks kind of cool. I'm looking at a picture of a guy in sort of like a um, three-wheeler, very low to the ground, very, very small little tiny vehicle, and then an actually like a sail, like a parasail above it. And you do land surfing, and you have a big wide open area, and you surf on the land, and you're just powered by the wind in this sail, and you're just being whipped around this, I guess, desert-like parking lot-ish type area. And uh, this seems pretty cool. Um, private Bonaire sail and snorkel. So that's a, starting at $104 a person. You can get it for private. Um, and that's pretty much it. Those are the attractions. Those are the paid for attractions in Bonaire. I'm sure there's cooler things to do, but I'm sure just the ways to do them are different too. So there's the slave huts. See them, a very historical piece of um I guess uh, it's a tourist attraction that people want. I don't know why people want to see slave huts, but I guess that's I saw it twice or three times there. So apparently people do go and check those out. The uh, salt, whatever, the salt mines. You could go check out the salt mines if you really want to get into the history. When I went to Curacao, I saw the... Um, the caves, the bats in the caves, and that was kind of that was really cool. I, I enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed a lot of it, but it was you know you kind of reaching. You know these these a lot of these places are just you know if you're not going for just the beach and resort type of thing, if you're looking for you know you're not it's not you're not in Cozumel, you're not going to be able to get to any beautiful ruins and you know there's not a huge historical footprint and and things that you can kind of really sink your teeth into from a cultural standpoint from what i see from what i gather i could be completely ignorant and wrong on that but let me know let cherise know tommy at alwaysbebooked.com some things to do in bonaire please all right hello tommy thanks as always for your podcast and live shows thanks for helping people with all your information uh even when irreverent haha uh, when going to a specialty dining restaurant at any Royal Caribbean ship, how much are you supposed to tip? Also, if you're doing the ultimate dining package, can you remove tips for a main dining room waiters from your bill? Barbara. Barbara, I don't ever like to remove the tips. I don't. I just think it's a bad... I don't, I, I don't feel good about it. Even if I am giving tips, I don't. I just don't do that. I tip on top of that. I just... Standing in that line... And looking the people directly in the eye, saying you want to remove the tips, I just don't. I just, I, I don't, 
I've become less judgy about it because I've heard different stories and reasons why people do it. Uh, but I wouldn't do it. I would I would say leave the tips just because it's just a bad feel. Just consider it part of your cruise, the, the cost of your cruise. What is it? $18 a day, seven days, whatever that cost is. Just put it into your cruise fare. Just, just factor it in. Um, I just, uh, and as far as the dining room, the specialty dining room, you don't have to tip anything. You know what I mean? You don't, I've, I've gotten very average service and not tipped anybody on top of that because again, theoretically you are tipping $18 a day and that is supposed to be spread across all the things that would be considered tippable. But yes, usually I do. Usually I throw another 10 on top. If they blow you away, I give them a 20. I've definitely not tipped. I don't know. You guys think I'm crazy for that? I don't think they expect tips from everybody. I think the majority of people aren't tipping them anything. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm guessing, I, I'm, I'm thinking, and especially on a nightly basis. You know what I mean? Maybe the last night, you don't have to tip them anything all throughout. And then on the last night, if you had a waiter that you liked, you know, you you, you give them a couple of bucks at the end. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of different thought processes on this and that's another polarizing topic people get a little upset when it comes to tipping and things like that people start fighting in groups about it but what i would do is uh let me think in general specialty dining tips uh throw them a 10 throw them a 10 on top why not right throw them a 10 on top uh five or ten whatever it is you know again it's a nice gesture you don't have to do it every time. Maybe if you have, if you go to the same place a couple of times, maybe give them a twenty at the end. I think that's the neighborhood between ten and twenty bucks. I don't know how many spe- how many specialty nights are you doing. You know what I mean? And what do you do in the main dining room? Do you tip in the main dining room as well, Barbara? Let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I know it wasn't very helpful with that, but. I, I just, again, I kind of play it by ear. If they if they blow me away, I will tip them. Um, you know, a lot of times they just don't seem like they even expect a tip. But I usually try to give them something. And I also am tipping the crap out of the bartenders. I'm tipping the hell out of the uh, room stewards too. So we'll see. Um, T. Tommy, I just listened to episode 101. And I wanted to give a quick shout out to Ploofy. I hope I didn't butcher the name. If the Nashville Always Be Booked meetup is going to be planned, I might have to show up. Not sure if I'd find 15, but I'll do my best. I could convince the wife. I'll do my best. I couldn't convince the wife to do the group cruise since we are trying to do as much possible on the Alaskan cruise. Uh, hope all is well and we get more episodes with any of your cruising traveling friends. Have a great one, Sid. Sid, another general. I mean, a decorated decorated general in the cone army out there um you know and i don't know sid i don't know are you feeling okay this is a very short email i'm just trying to make sure you're okay because normally you know if i don't get at least four or five pages i worry that you're you know (laughs) i'm just kidding um yeah so the nashville trip could could happen i think i'd love to make that happen i think that could be a great time definitely get a chance to maybe uh run around nashville something that i wanted to do a bucket list because i i just again i've wanted to go to nashville for the last eight years it's just i discovered cruising and uh i haven't been able to take myself away from the sea the first chance i do i'm definitely going to do nashville and doing an always be booked group cruise a group trip to nashville might be fun and we do have some connections out there so maybe i'll be able to 
DJ a little bit, and we could do a little. We could do some damage in Nashville, so that would be awesome. And uh, Sid, no problem on the group cruise. I do understand. Uh, and yes, excited about hearing about that Alaska trip. And uh, let me know. Let me know. Thank you for the email, Sid. Tommy, time to get you to explore European cruising. Oh, jeez, here we go. Some wonderful ports like Venice, Italy. Nope, can't go there anymore. I'm just kidding. Yes, you can. <laughs> For now, you can still go to Venice for now. I don't know how long, though. Uh, the problem with Venice is that just imagine a J lying on its side. There is a... How am I getting into now? I didn't just... <laughs> All right, we're getting into Venice a little bit here. Uh, there is a long stem of the J and the curve. In Venice, the end of the curve is the cruise port. The long stem is the Grand Canal. Buildings and canals off the Grand Canal are over 500 years old. Each time a cruise ship uh, traver- uh, traverses the Grand Canal there is a wake and that wake damages both the buildings on the canal and goes up the connecting canals to cause damage to the buildings on the smaller canals that's the big problem in Venice the Grand Canal simply can't handle the wake but you're telling me to go there <laughs> so one of the largest tourist destinations in Europe is being damaged or destroyed by these very same tourists when I was there last fall there were nine ships in port holy crap Going slowly in the canal is not really the answer. Cruise ships need to keep up certain forward momentum, or they will uh, blow sideways. Not sure what the answer could be, except building a cruise port uh, before getting to the Grand Canal. Yeah, that's I was thinking that too. You know, have it so that the ships don't have to go that far, and then maybe do like uh, you know little satellite ships or tender boats. Speaking of building a new cruise port, for all the kind words you said about the port of Tampa, remember the bridge. A a ship like the Celebrity's Edge simply wouldn't fit under the bridge, so the port of Tampa just can't handle larger ships. There was some talk a few years ago about building a cruise port in St. Petersburg on the Gulf of Mexico side of the bridge and letting the Tampa Bay Rays, worst attendance in baseball, move move to Tampa from St. Pete. Okay, so they're from St. Pete. They're in St. Pete. Um, That deal never got a lot of traction, although it makes sense to me. The Tampa port is terrific, as you experienced when you were here on Paradise. When you were, when you were, as you experienced when you were on the Paradise, with the close-in parking and a very efficient layout. But it will forever be home to smaller ships. Keep up the great podcast, Richard. Richard, yeah. So you're telling me to go to Europe, but I know you tell. If I go to Europe, I'm going to be contributing to destroying the J. I don't want to destroy Venice. I don't know. But I guess, yeah, the show's going to go on. I know people are going to do it left and right. Um, I heard a great, great episode of uh, Cruise Radio Rewind. He had a little throwback. He had Stuart Sheeran on there. Remember, Stuart? If you guys like Cruise Radio, uh, it, it, it's when I first started listening, it Stuart was the news guy. Now it's Sherry. Laskins and cruise radio has never been better than it is right now. So I'll say that it's never been better. This is the peak of cruise radio and it's only going to get better. I'm imagining, but yeah, it was fun to go back a little nostalgia when you heard, uh, Stuart Sheeran on there regular, uh, regularly at regularly. And, uh, Doug just had him on the other day and they talked about Venice and just talking about the multitude of problems that were going on in Venice. And they seem to think it's not just the cruise ships and, the fact that the city is just a sinking city, it's built on very, very soft land, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of problems going on with Venice, and, you know, Stuart, his point was is that the cruise the cruise industry is getting way too much heat 
uh, undeserved heat for, I guess, the decline of the city. They make up a very, very small percentage of the tourism that goes there, and they spend a good amount of money based on their per capita, I guess, you know, measurements or whatever. But, um, you know, it's... I'm not there. I can't comment on the situation. I don't know who's right, who's wrong. I just know that they're just trying to figure things out, and uh, hopefully they come to a solution that works for everybody. And uh, I know that a lot of people all across the world would be very, very disappointed if they couldn't cruise to Venice. Maybe one day, Richard, maybe one day I'll make my way out there. Who knows? And then Tampa, that makes sense. Yes, I did know that. It's tough, that damn bridge out there. Uh, It's crazy, you know? You got to just stick with small ships. Makes sense. I do understand that. Um, And it is. It is a very, very nice port. It's a nice area. I was, like I said, you know, you heard in the interview with, um, with, with Matt, I was very impressed at how many people go to that aquarium and enjoy the attractions that are in that area and also with the ease of going from your car to the ship. It's very, very nice. And how nice everybody is there in the port. Everybody goes through. Just a nice place, man. Tampa, Tampa, The port of Tampa Bay is great. I've never... I'm a Florida guy. Sorry. I'm a Florida guy through and through. And, uh, you know, people know that. I, I, I you know... I run around Florida left and right, but the West Coast is not is 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 basically uh, a frontier for me. I haven't spent a lot of time on the Gulf Coast. Hopefully, I change that. Maybe I make some more trips to over to uh, what's a uh, Marco Island, Fort Myers, St. Petersburg, Naples, Tampa, uh, Sarasota. I want to get out there a little bit more. I'm gonna to try to do that because I am a sunset guy too. You know what I mean? You don't get the sunsets over here. You get the sunrise out there. You get the sunset over the Gulf. I want to enjoy that a little bit. Richard, another general, another strong, solid contributor all around to both the um, Always Be Both Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. By the way, let's get a little plug in in a minute to uh, if you guys are again. I'm not gonna talk about this a lot again. I don't want to, but if you want to have a cruise weight loss support group we got one out there abb gym and spa i repeat abb gym and spa a group on facebook where we just kind of just encourage each other we keep each other in the loop encouragement accountability inspiration things like that abb gym and spa group on facebook all right, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening each and every week. As usual, please, oh, by the way, let's get that YouTube up there. I got I to gotta get there. I got to get to that 1,000. Once I get 1,000, you won't hear me bitching and complaining anymore. We're close. We're going to get that video of the Carnival Liberty uh, out there. So uh, please share that, like it, all that stuff, whatever you can do with it. Subscribe to the YouTube if you have not already. Instagram, could always use the Instagram push. Always be both on Instagram. Um what else do we have? Yeah, the uh, Patreon. I didn't mention the Patreon today, but we will now. Just a quick $5 a month will get you an extra show a week. I think we're talking to Doug Parker from Alaska tomorrow. So uh, there's some good value on that Instagram. I'm sorry, on the Patreon. Uh, you just go to Patreon, P, uh, www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. And, uh, you know, you'll support the show. $5 a month. And, um, you know, you'll also be able to get that extra content. And a lot of it's good. A lot of it's funny. A lot of it's old, uh, you know, based on um, 
What I try to do there is talk a lot of cruising, but I will also go off the cuff and talk about things that have nothing to do with cruising. I have had the luxury or the dubious distinction of being able to have a lot of stories in my life based on some of the things I've seen between the hours of 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. in these nightclubs and bars and things like that. I share a lot of that, share a lot of the experiences, and we have some fun over there. And yes, man, I really, really value the Super Cones. You guys are the best, but I value all you guys, everybody out there, and always be Bookland. Appreciate all you guys so much. We will talk to you next time. Boat drinks, Cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away a lot of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away where the boat leaves from It takes away All of your big problems You got worries You could drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the boat leaves from So get away To where the boat leaves from It takes away All of your big problems You got worries You could drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the So get away To where the boat leaves from It takes away All of your big problems You got worries You could drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Oh